everyone, we have a special interview for you today. This is a mega interview with the folks behind Bringing Guns' latest asymmetrical horror game, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Life. At the pre-launch party, I got the chance to talk to Ronnie Hobbs, a creative director for Gun, Damien Maffei, the voice of Johnny himself, one of the members of the Slaughter family, and the horror icon, Kane Hodder. Make sure you listen to the very end where Kane even asks Ronnie his own questions about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. So plug in and get ready for a good one. I'm Ronnie Hobbs. I'm the creative director on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. I'm Damien Maffei. I'm the voice of Johnny. So my first question is for both of you. Why Texas Chainsaw? What attracted you to the role of Johnny and what, you know, inspired bringing this game to life? You can go first. <clears throat> uh, well, uh, Ronnie came up to me and said, would, would you like to do <laughs> the voice, any voice, in uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And I was like, is this, am I on one of these uh, prank shows? Um, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, horror and video games. Come on, do I pay you? So, uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I need. That's all it took. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Cracker Barrel. Mine's going to be a little longer. Um, I've told this probably before, but... Hey, Rob. I've told this story before, but... The first time I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was probably nine years old. So, way, way too early to be watching that film. Yeah. But the day... I remember everything about where I was at, like, the day and what I was wearing and all my friends. We were in this little basement that had gravel... Like, it was not a place you would be watching a horror film when you were a kid. Yeah. We rented a VCR and stole someone's TV from our family and ran down there and watched it. And ever since that day, it's just been a film that just stuck with me. Just yeah. like Friday 13th and Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, all those horror films growing up. They're, they're part of our childhood. And being in the video game industry, of course, we already made Friday 13th a game. So next on my personal bucket list was obviously Detective Chainsaw Master. Not only just because I love it, but because... It also allowed us to kind of push the genre forward. Yeah. Friday the 13th was one killer. This is three killers at a time. Yeah. And of course, there's only a few franchises that will actually let you have multiple killers. Like obviously yeah. Halloween doesn't, Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't, but the Texas Chainsaw has the family. They have this dysfunctional comedic act between them where the cook's yelling at people. And you know, it's, a, it's an awesome this environment in a twisted kind of black comedy kind of way. So it matched perfectly with our gameplay and, and what we wanted to do within the genre. So. And I think my follow-up question for that is, like you said, like there are multiple killers, so there's a there's a more balanced gameplay element between the killers and between the victims in the game. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know what went into balancing it even more because it is really easy most of the time. Like in Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. there are a lot. There's a huge arsenal for Jason to have. Yeah. How did you balance those mechanics? Yeah, yeah. So Friday the Thirteenth, the one thing that. Uh, me personally, as like a designer and a creator, is there was a lot of downtime where you felt safe. Because if Jason's not around, you feel safe. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of goof off and have fun with your friends, and there's not if Jason shows up, and you scream and run, and you, you know, like, oh my God, run, he's here. But there's a lot of moments where you're safe. With our three killers, you're obviously never safe, because you never know where they're at and how they're communicating. And uh, the one thing about having three killers on the map at once is you don't know what they're talking about, and if they're setting a trap for you, or if they're purposely leaving you alone to make you think that you're safe, mm-hmm. or they'll funnel you in certain directions only to have Leatherface with his chainsaw turned off around the corner waiting for you. 
So all of our family members have abilities that kind of like play into each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, so on the surface, three versus four seems a little unfair. Mm-hmm. But once again, we're not talking about Jason, where he can disappear and reappear. Yeah. He's not supernatural. This is a family of humans. So yeah. sick and twisted as they are, they're still humans who can't, they can't morph around, they can't do any supernatural, supernatural type of yeah. movement. So they still have to run and plan and stuff. So that kind of balances out uh, the, the, the powerful attacks that they have because they're not uh, superhuman, right? Yeah. So um, the balancing-wise, uh, it just comes down to giving the victims enough ways to get away, To Our house is full of crawl spaces and gaps to get through, and certain characters like Leatherface <coughs> can't go through those, and he has to destroy obstacles for the other family members to get to. So really, it's kind of like the real scenario if you were really in that house with three killers and you were with three of your friends, you would use every advantage you could in real yeah. life to try to get away from them. So it's kind of, it was difficult to balance, but yeah. yeah. And from the, from the perspective of playing Johnny, have you played Johnny in the game as well to get into your voice acting for him? Or how did you build the character out vocally? Uh, <clears throat> at the point of recording the dialogue, I had not... Uh, I had not played as him yet, but I had seen, you know, some uh, sketches and, and drawings of him, and there was uh, Ronnie, uh, you know, provided a lot of uh, inspiration, kind of influence for him. Um, so there was that. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a little research and, and, uh, and work to do before uh, taking him on. Yeah, if you didn't know, Johnny, pretty boy Johnny, because he's got a nice scar. Family kind of makes fun of him, calling him Pretty Boy in yes. a slight. Um, he's one of the new characters, one of the new members of the family. Him and Sissy, Sunshine, Slaughter. They're, they're two of the new characters we worked with Kim Hinkle on to create. Yeah. So the first time I spoke to Damien was several years ago. And yeah. at that point, we only had mocap done for Johnny, but we didn't have it completed and we didn't have the whole character model done. Um, but that was when we were writing the script for all the lines. And there was this whole cadence on how serial killers talk. So we studied... Yeah. Multiple serial killers, so really Johnny's half Richard Ramirez, half Ted Bundy, <laughs> those kind of guys. Even with yeah. the southern kind of twang, we found research documents from like 1950s words that were only used in central Texas. Yeah. So we found these just massive amounts of uh, <coughs> research done by universities yeah. about this Louisiana-Texas mix of southern hospitality yeah. stuff. And we took that and wrote the script and sent him all that and sent him the uh, look of the character too so that he could get into it and then of course he said yes and then he put his own spin on it of course and ronnie saw me speaking at a function he's yeah. like this is this is yeah. serial and i had known him obviously from his movies too but he doesn't talk a lot right in the movies and I, yeah i mean you know, hey, so the movies weird. that anyone cared about I, I don't really speak too much mm-hmm. yet. so when he was like do you want to do the voice in the game i was like mate yeah so it was I, I, we knew he could do it but we had a very very few amount of lines to go off of but um you know but once we saw him in a convention, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's all I needed to hear. So, um, I think one of the things that really stuck with me on, on the point of characters and new characters is Anna. Like, I am yeah. the Hannah, nice. very specifically. Um, so my family has always been in Texas. Texas is in my blood. Where from? Uh, so we're originally from San Antonio. My yeah. grandmother is Kickapoo down in Eagle Pass. Nice. Um, and my grandfather was right on the border. His yeah. mother was originally from northern Mexico, but his father was from, like, um, of the border region of Texas. Awesome. So Texas, like, I am Texan, so Texas Chainsaw has meant a lot to me over the years. Yeah. But seeing Anna's inclusion in the game, it gives a special piece for people yeah. like me who are like, we, you know, built what Texas is. Yeah. So what went into creating her as a character yeah. um, and why 
you included her because she is she's Brazilian. I mean, she's a tank. She takes uh, yeah, she's, so she much. Is, yeah, she's high damage because you know <laughs> yeah. it's her upbringing. Yeah. So I have a really great story about how Anna and Maria came mm-hmm. to even be. So Anna's sister Maria is the is the, the thing that brings the family together. He hunts down Maria. Yeah. <laughs> Maria is this art student, and they're from Vivaldi, and they had to work hard. They don't, their fa- their dad's gone, and just like a lot of kids who are first generation from maybe Mexico or anywhere in, in mm-hmm. South America, right? They come here and they're working hard. And I, so I went to ben, the Bandera and Medina and Ivaldi. Yeah. I went probably, I don't know, three or four trips around Texas just visiting hundreds of small towns and just talking to people, looking yeah. for the perfect home for Ana Maria. And I couldn't find it. One day after Medina and Bandera, I stumbled upon Ivaldi and just felt like home. And yeah. this was a year and a half before anything happened there. Yeah. So I was talking to these young girls there that were working, like I think it was a Rexel's drugstore of all places. And, their story, I kept hearing the same story about just having to help work and pay their mother and help, just help get, you know, it, we don't grow up rich, right? Yeah. And you have to struggle for everything. That kind of led me to making Anna tough. Cause I could yeah. see it in this girl that I was talking to about how hard she was working, supporting her mom. Their dad wasn't around anymore. And she had a sister that was also working. I was like, okay. And I kept hearing that story repeatedly. So I was like, okay, this is home. So once I found the home for the characters, um, I noticed that it was, you know, I don't know the percentage of population of, like, you know, um, people that came from Mexico or not yeah. in those cities, but it's very, yeah. very large portion. I think the majority in the yeah. valley is about 70. Yeah, so, and I didn't know that when I first yeah. started traveling around Texas. I'd never been to that specific part. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, it's a rugged but beautiful place full of hardworking people, and that's kind of where Ana got her, her traits and her abilities from. But it was really important, like, that I wanted Ana Marie in the game because I wanted to represent that culture. Yeah. A lot of people... When they think of Texas, they don't think of that. No, for whatever exactly. reason. Yeah. yeah, if you don't go below Austin, or sometimes you don't yeah. see that, right? Even exactly. Like I said, San Antonio and all the cities close to the border and all co- close mm-hmm. to West Texas, that little belt there. It was, just, yeah. I lo- it was awesome. It was lovely. And that's kind of where Anna and uh, Maria came from. So. Well, it was well-received from somebody <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. well, overlooked area. I've heard this area. multiple times. So that, And even her, her voice lines, and we, we did a lot of research on trying to make it authentic. And yeah. um, a lot of that was just me paying attention to what they were saying. Um, so, yeah. and then trying to remember and, and write these things down and, and do as much research as we could. Even her clothes, we tried to, we found antique shops with clothes that were hand embroidered yeah. um, from just tons of generational pass downs from grandmothers to mothers. And we, and the shop owner was like, what do you think? Is this legit? And they're like, yeah, I think so. So we ran everything by anyone we could to get a, an opinion and out came Anna and Maria. And um, the rest of the characters just kind of followed suit. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, on the killer side, yeah. now that it is, now that there's a tech, now that we have the tech test, we have yep. the demo downstairs. Um, have you gotten to play as Johnny? And what is your favorite thing about playing as Johnny? I won't let him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like dragging him away all day. He's been trying, but I, I have been harassing people to play as Johnny. Yeah. Um, so you get to represent. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I, I he likes just, the brutal kills. I, know that. I, I, I mean, I do like the brutal kills. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that that arrogance. Yeah. Uh, that's what was the most fun to do. Is that that kind of arrogance, which usually gets you know, your villains in um, trouble. Yes. Ultimately, because <laughs> their arrogance is their their you know what brings them down. But you know that remains to be seen per uh, per match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean. That that's it. It's his confidence in uh, yeah. what he's going because he's really uh, plays with his food. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. what's so delicious about doing that kind of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that I mean, I, and I I'm terrible with the victim. 
victims. <laughs> through the technical test, it plagues the victims. I, I'm not a stealth around. Yeah. You know, he dies quickly. Kind of makes a lot of noise and dies quickly. Kicking Your the door with a lightsaber. You're Johnny's favorite victim to play. Yeah. Like, you're making all the noise. Right. Yeah. Um, so from a perspective of moving from any sort of acting in film, whether it's physicality um, or, you know, vocally, but moving into the voiceover space, is there any difference between what you bring to your role in a live action versus what you bring to your, your role now doing voiceover? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the first uh, voice acting I had done. Um, I had done an audiobook right before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, ADR, which is just usually a miserable affair <clears throat> for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but the, the, the voice stuff did provide many uh, obstacles. That wasn't uh, kind of bad. It wasn't, you know, I had to adapt mm-hmm. to while I was doing it. This is like, I started in theater and that, you know, you project your voice and then I went to film. It's like, it's too much. You got to tone it down. And then you go back to theater and it's like, we can't hear you. Um, so then I did the voice acting and that was, you know, I, I, I wanted to have that kind of growly thing. Mm-hmm. It's a great line. And Johnny says, is, uh, you know, you're all gurgle, no guts. Yeah. Which I, 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 I love. I love. And I, you know, I really want to keep that, that kind of growly thing. But you know, a lot of a lot of the people he's uh, talking to, fifty, hundred feet away, and then uh, so I'm in the recording studio, and you know, the, the director is like, "You, you gotta be louder! You gotta be louder!" I was like, "Can't you just turn the volume up?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's like, "You go about it. So then I'm like, uh, "You know," and then my voice is getting like higher and higher. He's like, "No, I'm gonna keep that." That, you know, that, uh, that, I was like, ah, I don't know how to hold on. So that, that, trying to find that was, was very difficult. And I will you say, know, like, right? hearing you talk, like, there is an authenticity to the type of the way that we speak in certain regions of the country. And so like, I know, you know, following the game on Twitter, I've seen a lot of pictures of like you going to locations to get locations right. And to get, you know, different elements of Texas right. But I do want to hear more about getting the language right. Because I think there's an assumption of what Texans sound like without understanding that Texas is a large place and it sounds differently. They do, each region from Texas is broken up. So North Texas does not sound like South Texas. The Middle Texas is kind of a, a hub of a lot of different styles. And, of course, you have, like, the Czech, the Czech towns, like yes, Bernie and all those exactly. to the left. So that influenced a lot of this, this general language to begin with, right? And a lot of it is actually mixed with Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So people migrate south, and they do things yes. like that. So really, they bring their language with them. Yeah. A lot of the lines are from, like, my grandparents, and I, I'm from the middle of nowhere. And yeah. that's how they spoke is... Nothing made sense, but only to us, right? And there's this certain language, certain words that only mean something if you know what it is. The first time you hear it, you go, what is that? But then you hear it and you understand what it means. And it's very authentic because, you know, I'm sure your grandparents said some things that that you have a word that you're like, wait, what's that mean? So if you say it now, no one knows what the hell you're talking about, right? Because it's a very specific thing to your family. Yeah. And um, Kim Hinkle, when he wrote the original script, he... um, and I can't remember the person's name, a famous guy in Texas that he used, it was a radio broadcaster, that he based the entire dialogue on. And for whatever reason, I can't think of his name now, but I'll find it later. Yeah. Um, he was famous. And he had this very weird 
twang way of speaking. Mm-hmm. See, Texas has a, has a draw and a twang. Exactly. Has both. Yeah. So it's not just a draw, and it's this very long mm-hmm. kind of way of speaking with words that are backwards. And yeah. So we, we threw all that together. And, uh, of course, each character has their own personality. Yes. So yeah. Sissy, because she's out, you know, roaming, rebelling against the family, going, hanging out with the cults like the Manson family and mm-hmm. moving around. She has a unique way of speaking because she's half... If you ever heard a Manson girl talk, yeah. they're very kind of aloof and yes. speak, speaking in high-level stuff that makes sense but doesn't at the same time. Like, you'll see the light and you're like, what? What are you talking yeah. about, right? <laughs> so it's that real aloof way of speaking that, and she's picking up things from California and she's bringing it back and, yeah. you know, the hitchhikers, who knows what he's talking about half the time. Yeah. But Johnny was a very, I could concentrate on Johnny because I had reference and it was the way serial killers talk to people. Yeah. And specifically, if you watch something like Mindhunter, Yes. Oops, where they're where they're talking because they did a really good job of interviewing these serial killers, right? And yeah. Some of the ones from Texas and the South. Yeah. You can just tell the difference. Like, yeah. So we studied a lot of stuff like that to get the coldness of Johnny. Yeah. And mix it with this Southern Twain drawl, talking to people like yeah. they're nothing, like they're pieces exactly. of meat, and taunting them. So each yeah. character kind of had their own, but they were all based on. It was a, there was a University of Texas study that was put out maybe ten years ago, like six hundred page mm-hmm. PDF. And it was broke down every word used specifically in the middle of Texas region and the years that they faded away. That's amazing. So I tried to stay words that were within yeah. the 50s and 60s because it's, the game takes place in 73, but they would have learned these words in exactly. 70 and 65 and 60 and 55 when they're born their whole life. So we kept it, we tried to anyway. Of course, we, we put our own funny stuff in there. And, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was quite a while of research. We wanted to get it right. Yeah. You know, or at least as close to right as you can possibly conceive, because really no one would know the difference at the end yeah. of the day. But we're <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get the house down to the blueprint. Yeah, every, every inch. So we're definitely going to go that extra yard exactly. on the voices too. And I will say, like, this is my podcast voice. This is not my real voice. That there's a lot. There's a mixture of Spanish, and there's a mixture of that yeah. Texas twang that you hear. Yeah. Um, and my husband's from Abilene, out in West oh, yeah. Texas, yeah. or I guess Been Central there. to West. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, he doesn't think he has an accent, but when you hear him against other pieces, you can hear it. So yeah. it is something that I think a good ear and a Texan will completely understand and recognize. Good. In those be little lots choices. Of words. In there that gonna, oh, I, I know that one. Right? Yeah. My grandmother used to say that. I know what that means. So I will say all of this Not as my wrong. last question is to Leatherface, bringing him to video games, bringing him to one visual, like be in the game visually. What pieces were the pe- were what you had to get right? Yeah. And then also, how did you envision a player playing as Leatherface? Cool. Before I mention Kane, who's yes. playing Leatherface, obviously right I behind you. I'm trying not to yeah. fangirl. So he, he, he you can ask him. You can interview him too. But yes. <laughs> um, so obviously, Leatherface is a weird character because he has to be the strongest. But if you make him so awesome, no one wants to play as everyone else. Exactly. So you either make him really awesome and then try to bring the family up to speed to catch him, which is tough with the cook because he's slow mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's a fine balance between keeping him original to exactly what he could do in the movie and not making him superhuman. Really, that was the key. Was yeah. like, we want him to because cut through. He wasn't. He wasn't yeah. That's right? what made him interesting. That's what made him the scariest yes. of He's that He's scary within era. what you know. Exactly. Within our reality. Right? Yeah. You don't, if you see him, you know he's there. He's not going to disappear on you. Right? Exactly. So we needed to make sure he could open up new pathways, like break doors down, saw them down. Um, there's a reason he can turn the chainsaw on and off. because we wanted you to be able to play stealthily if you wanted his leather face and hide yeah. and wait and scare people with it at the last second. 
Um, the chainsaw will, will, will break and overheat and things like that because that's what they do in real life, right? So we really want to just ground him in reality um, and keep him primitive, but powerful. So that was the, kind of the vibe for him. And of course, we want to get every inch of him right and the mask and you know the, the pretty woman and the old lady costumes are in there. And you know, just, there's not a lot of reference, by the way. Yeah. So if, you know, Friday the 13th, it was a lot easier actually because those movies are in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Yeah. You have Blu-rays, right? It, nothing exists. They only show three rooms in the house. So we, yeah. we did, went there and did saw the blueprints, got personal tours. We've been to all the places. But recreating stuff from the 70s is far more difficult than doing something from the yeah. 80s and 90s just because of the time period. But, and that includes Leatherface's clothes and, you know, how they looked on film. It's not how they really looked in real life, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, of course, it was about bringing Kane into play. Yeah. So, as you know, Kane was Jason Friday 13 for yes. us. And we knew about his work ethic and we knew that... He's a stunt guy, and he, you know, could handle anything we threw at him for the new people, like Scout working on the game. Yeah. Um, and we knew he could play Leatherface because he, I'll let him speak, but he, obviously, he knew Gunner and, and stuff like that, so. So how was it for you voicing Leatherface? Well, he didn't do the voice. Oh, the voice. Oh, no, he didn't do the voice. No, he just did all the mocap. All the mocap. So. How was it doing the mocap? Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love talking to mocap actors. Yeah. Like, it's. I, uh, killed motherfuckers. So yeah. It was good. <laughs> I mean, as you see, Gunner and I were friends from way back. Yeah. And uh, when Ronnie and Wes asked me to do the mocap for Leatherface, I was honored because yeah. Gunner was a good buddy uh, and the best Leatherface yeah. in any of the movies. And I, uh, since I had stunt double R.A. Mihailov in Chainsaw 3 mm -hmm. as Leatherface, I was kind of used to mimicking someone else's performance. With Jason, it's my performance, but with Leatherface, you know, uh, I wanted to try to make it reminiscent of Gunner because he was, like I said, a good friend and did an amazing job and, you know, it just, uh, again, I felt like it was yeah. an honor that they asked me so. What is it? What's it like to bring Leatherface to another generation? Because this is going to reach people who may not have seen the original film. Or Might not even made know a... the character. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, horror has been so large, and these are icons of, of the genre, but there may be somebody new just picking it up to play and may not know. What's it like to be the base of that introduction? I mean, you know, to introduce... A current audience to the character is huge. I mean, it, it was the character that started all the other ones. Yeah. Let's face it, you know, Freddie, Jason, Michael wouldn't exist without Leatherface. Yeah. So um, it was so much fun because my first experience with an autograph show was with Gunn. And uh, you know, I've said it a million times, but the nicest actors that I've worked with in 45 years of doing stunts. Yeah. And I think this is a question for both of you from the dev side and then from, you know, the acting and mocap side and somebody who's part of that original era of what I really think made horror um, open to everybody in a way. Like the slashers brought so many people into the genre 
that I mean it, it brought my mom into the genre and then like me and her like she then taught me through slashers and what is it like to on your end preserve horror history through games because that is what I see it as as a fan and then also as somebody who is in in the games industry and then what is it like for you to preserve this memory both of Gunner and of keeping it alive neither one of you can go first uh, I mean for me it's you're talking to a fan and I was a fan I still am right so I just you know the right place right time you gotta be lucky to be good and good to be lucky right but you know you get your opportunity and something like Friday 13 comes up and you're prepared when it, when it arrives so then you're able to do some cool things with it and meeting Kane and getting him on board for summer camp it turned into Friday 13 you know and going down that whole whirlwind of Friday 13 and becoming friends with, with the same people that I waited in line to get his autograph when I was a kid so like I had posters of everyone on my wall like Jason was on my wall and you know you're, you're a kid and you're in Kentucky in the middle of nowhere yeah. like and you're like oh this is awesome to be able to like be the one to do it that's cool that's, that's, that's a cool feeling especially because all the young kids now are like they go back and watch the movies now yeah. it's a whole new generation like you're talking about so to be able to have everyone come to this for something else now like hey make 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 a game out of our IP that's really cool yeah Where we get to kind of pick and choose our, our next games now and we chose Texas and to have Kim Hinkle just be the nicest dude ever and <laughs> Want, allow me to create characters. Yeah. His, I mean, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. And then just to call him up in the middle of the day and just chat for an hour about the backstories about Anna Marie and if they're going to fit and um, come down here and take photos of wildflowers and the bonnets and Indian paintbrush, which is what Maria was out doing when you fucking grabbed her, you idiot. <laughs> right? And just to get the whole backstory and introduce Texas to a home and generation. And it's, it's an awesome, as a fan, right? But also, it's, it's a great honor just to be able to. I, I did that. We did that. Like, you know, we, we, we made this game. There hasn't been one since like 79 on yeah. Atari. So, yeah. wow. So it's been a long That's, time coming. Yeah. And, Atari. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so this, this, is, I mean, this is the real Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. The house is in there. All the filming locations. It's all yeah. correct as, as much as we can get it. Like in, in, I don't know how many people know this, but you know, all of our photography trips are on in Texas. We took super high-res photos of everything in Texas. So that's what's in the game is what oh, the wow. trees, the flowers, it's the grass, Texas. the dirt, the rocks, the wood. Yeah. That's all filmed in Texas. Those are actual, you're walking around Texas when you play our game. The sky, the clouds, everything, the barbed wire. So we took thousands and thousands of photos and Sumo, our de development team, took those assets and populated this awesome world based on, you know, back and forth and our reference. So you're not just walking around the family house, you're walking around the actual world of Texas, which was awesome. Because we didn't get to do that on Friday 13th, yeah. but we made sure to do it on Texas. So yeah, to me, that there's only one way to do it, and that's what we did. So. And uh, I love the Friday game. I think it's amazing. I was happy to be part of it. But the fact, what you did with this game, with exactly what you just said, with the other actors that we have here, and it's just so much higher level. Yeah. than the Friday game. And I think that one's great. But, um, you know, you have to realize that I didn't become notable until I did my first Friday movie, which was 1988 when it came out. And for me to sit next to Gunnar Hansen and think, I'm not on his level. He's well-known and famous, big movie, I felt honored, and he said the same thing. <laughs> you're you're the new guy in the Friday movies. 
I feel honored to sit with you. And I was like, come on, man, you're Governor Hanson. And it was just such a fun experience doing the game. And, uh, you know, people don't know, what was our first mocap session? You we, we did seven mocap sessions. What was the first one? Jesus Christ, dude. 2015? 16? Shit. I mean, really? we did, we did, we did wow. easily seven mocaps for that game. And we've done three or four now for Texas. Yeah. And, right. And we have a lot more actors now, like you said, you know, um, that are playing all the different characters and all the band members. So, bigger sessions. I think it's fun for horror yeah. fans to know that, yeah. you know, the Friday game is just me and stunt people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doing the victims. So now we have actors that are known. I just think it makes it more enjoyable for the horror community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scout running around playing all the victims. We got Sean playing the cook. I mean, the hitchhiker. We have Troy, who's an awesome actor, playing the, yeah. the cook. We got, obviously, Cannon Filler Face. We got an awesome guy who played Johnny, Dove, Mir. <laughs> then we got the VO guy, Damien, who's doing that. Which Christina Cleave with Sissy. She's not here. Yeah. So we have a lot of actors that yeah. help bring these characters to life, as opposed to just fun people. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the last question for you. What's it like to step into this legacy? <laughs> <laughs> Especially as a fan. Like. Right. Well, I mean, when uh, I remember when I sat down to play Friday the 13th, uh, you know, growing up watching, you know, movies, uh, I was a little late getting in there because I heard all, you know, the nerds talking about it. So, <clears throat> I was like, oh, you know, it looks good. I'm going to get in there. Holy shit. Like, you're in the place from Friday the 13th Part 5? What? How is that even possible? Like, what is this? It was surreal, you know, it goes from, you know, the Nintendo version with purple, you know, throwing <laughs> rocks at him. Uh, so that was incredible. The, you know, this, this, this game, it was, I had already known them <clears throat> from Friday 13th, gone. Mm -hmm. So when I met them, you know, I was like, yeah, he was like, oh, I love you guys. I'm like, what? You know what? Like, let me tell yeah, you, let me tell you stories. Yes. <laughs> about being harassed by five-year-olds at two in the morning playing Friday the 13th. And he's like, dude, I play Friday all the time. I love it. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Mo doing his mocap with yeah. his voice. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, Kane breaks down the door and then the six-year-old's voice comes out. I'm like, whoa, well, where are your parents? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, it was, I mean, it, it was, you know, the company behind it that they were doing this game. I was like, oh, Yes, please. Whatever I need to do, let me in there. But yeah, I, I love Texas Chainsaw Monster. I have a genuine affection for you know the IP. So uh, it's a lot of pressure, though. You know, mm -hmm. As a as a fan, of, you know, a nerd, and, and uh, I try to maintain quality work. Doesn't work out <laughs> so much all the time. But uh, like I knew this was pretty, pretty you know, surefire. Win. But I mean, it's it's just blown by all. It's just something like I had seen the pictures mm -hmm. they had taken out there, and the, and the care and, and all the, the specific details. It's like uh, it's 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 really nice to see as a fan, as a video yeah. gamer, you know. It's, uh, and as someone, I mean, that's who you want to work with. You, yeah. you want people who care about what they're doing. So it's great. So, well, I won't keep y'all any longer. You done? All right. Thank you so You're much. Welcome.